Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Beyond the Self podcast. I am your host, Africa, and I have the biggest smile on my face right now because I am so excited. (laughs) Guys, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this conversation and I've been geeking out for a while because it's a big, big area of fascination for me. So just the subject of seduction in and of itself is something that has been enticing for me since I was tiny, since I was so young, since I first heard the word seduction, got to understand what seduction actually means, got to see seduction all around me, whether it's in film or in my own life experiences, or even in advertising or in books or whatever. I just love the topic of seduction. And today we're going to go even more granular because we'll be talking about social seduction. I have been waiting to record this episode for a while and I have a feeling that it's going to be a two-parter because there's so much more that I want to get into that I just don't have the time to get into today. But I do have a lot for you, which is why I'm just diving right in. And I want you to think of this episode as like a you're, you're in a lecture hall with me, okay? We are going to be riffing out loud, which is just the nature of this podcast, of what I do, but there are very solid insights that I have been writing and putting together and revisiting and refining, and I want to make sure that I put those forward for you, okay? And I would say that it's also important for me to stress that this this will not be for everyone. Why is that important for me to say, well, listen, if you are an avid listener of this podcast, first of all, thank you. Or if you're someone that is familiar with my work, you will understand that these are places that we have to go to. We really have to understand the intricacies of human behavior, even when it makes us feel uncomfortable. So when people hear the word seduction, or maybe even see the term social seduction, Of course, it is about persuasion. It is about charisma. It is about charm. It is about all of these things, understanding them within yourself, but also being able to see them in the world and understanding them within yourself so you can make them work for you, not against you. And I think some people have a big aversion to, um, how do I put this? Some people have a big aversion to conversations around persuasion and influence because it feels very manipulative, right? It feels very gross. There's something that doesn't feel so good about it. Well, I think we need to get over ourselves when it comes to that. I think we really do. Manipulation, if you remove all the emotional charge from it, it's something that we all do all the time. We are in a constant negotiation with ourselves, with the world around us. We are constantly shifting people's perception, people's opinion. Manipulation doesn't have to be a negative by default, okay? It just doesn't. And in this episode, we're not going to be talking about manipulation, but I wanted to make that very clear because I think there are certain words that people can hear and without even fully understanding them, it's almost like you have a visceral response to it and you immediately make assumptions about what it means. But here in this space, in the community of the Beyond the Self podcast and all the work that I put out into the world, we look at the reality of life 
and we focus on what it is that we can control and we make an effort, a very fucking serious effort to make sure that who we are being in the world is working for us, not against us. Okay. Ooh. And with that, let me pour myself a little cup. So today I haven't drunk tea with you in a little while. Ah, today I'm drinking one of my favorite, favorite teas from my tea family, Grass People Tree, where I buy all my tea. And that's right, I buy all my tea. Um, it's the Bird King Da Hong Pao, which is a red tea. It's very floral and it's very refreshing and it's so comforting, my goodness. I'll listen to that. So I'm just having a little pour because I know that I will I will be needing this in this episode. So wanted to make sure that I put all of that forward, but I, I might also be sharing things that you're already aware of, but hopefully with my voice and my approach, it just lands a little bit differently. And maybe it's just a case of it landing at a time when you actually need it. Because I also think man, and this is something that really breaks my heart and something that reminded me that this was a very worthy conversation to have. A lot of people's social skills are really diminishing. With the rise of technology, especially the acceleration of technology and the advances, a lot of people are spending time on their phones, making connections on their phones, instead of actually opening their mouths and using their words and, you know, that dance of communication, the spoken, the unspoken, the body language, it's all on a screen, you know, even if you're on FaceTime, yes, you're on video, so your body language can be seen, but for the most part, we are not actually using all of our skills. And if this is the case for us as adults, imagine what it's like for the younger generation. Social skills, good useful, effective social skills are very much on the decline. So there are conversations that we need to start having more of. And the realm of communication, the realm of influence and social seduction, that playfulness, that is a part of it as well. So that's why this is very, very close to my heart. And to me, this is sort of crystallizing all of the work that I do around communication. How can we be brave in our communication? How can we be aware? How can we start to take responsibility for our behavior, for our actions, for our voice, for our body language, for how we walk into a room, for how we dress, just all of these things that can be so, so exciting. And all of that shapes social seduction. So as always, let me, let me give you a very clear definition. So we all know what we're working with here. And let me, let me just have a little sip of my tea. Oh, it's such a good tea. So in a non-sexual context to seduce someone would mean to attract and charm someone. Okay, so this is often done in a very subtle, that's going to be a keyword throughout all of this, in a subtle and persuasive manner. So it's about influencing, it's about winning someone or people over, and you do this through your personality, 
through who you truly are. And that's what I find to be so exciting about all of this. This is just about you refining who you are. So you influence and win someone over or people in this case through your personality, your behavior, and your skills. So when you strip this term, the term of seduction, of all of its sexual connotations, which is exactly what we want to do today, although I will, and I decided when I was washing my face this morning, I decided that I'm going to do a separate episode on sexual seduction, because that, oh my goodness, oh, we, we have to do some of these conversations in person, because... Yeah. So when you strip the term seduction of all of its sexual connotations, which I invite you to do today, you're going to see that it can be applied in so many aspects of your everyday life. And that's exactly what you and I are going to be focusing on today. So it's about being able to win over a room. Even if you don't realize that you're doing that in the moment, it's about who you are being. It's about how you carry yourself. I'm sure I've said this on this podcast, but have you ever been in a space and someone walks in and they don't even have to say anything, but you can feel them. You know what I mean? You can, you can feel their energy and immediately there's like an attraction. There's like a magnetism towards the person. That's what we are talking about. And it it sort of piques your interest and your curiosity and even your desire and your arousal. And that arousal doesn't have to be in a sexual way. Just your senses are ignited. Added bonus, if that person smells good. All of these things are a part of social seduction. And it's not about how you look. And when I say how you look, I mean, it's not about you being objectively attractive to social standards of beauty, blah, blah, blah. It's actually not about that because you have people that are deemed unconventionally attractive who carry that same energy. So a lot of this is about how you carry yourself, who you are being, your level of self-awareness, how you interact with other people, how you're able to charm a person or an entire room. So this is about being captivating. And if you're thinking, oh my goodness, Africa, that is, that is not me at all. (laughs) Or if you're getting a little bit excited because you can see yourself and feel yourself in what I'm saying, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here and you're listening to this conversation because we can all cultivate these parts in ourselves. It doesn't mean that it's going to be overnight It doesn't mean that you'll be able to do it exactly as the other person because it's not about that. It's you just starting to wake the fuck up and realize that actually you're able to shift and change. You're able to reintroduce yourself. You're able to refine and cultivate skills that you just haven't used in a while or you believe you don't have at all. Okay, because a lot of these skills are perishable if you do not use them. And like I was saying, with technology and so many other things and people self-isolating more than ever, especially in the Western world, a lot of our social skills are becoming perishable. Not on my fucking watch. (laughs) Okay. It's about being unforgettable. Okay. It's about being enchanting and gently influencing with your energy and influencing. You don't have to think of Bill Gates. You don't have to think of billionaires, millionaires, people in the public eye or people that are influencing online. That's not what we're talking about. Okay. That's not what we're talking about. 
It is about turning your charisma into power. So I want to kind of just, uh, let me give you some examples. So this can move from just kind of being conceptual and it being something that, you know, you can put a picture to. So first example that I want to give you would be in business and leadership. So a leader or a business person, and I know that I have a lot of entrepreneurs established and uh, aspiring who listen to this podcast, who engage very heavily with my work, this is going to be very, very important for you. Even if you're employed by any kind of company and are in a managerial position or want to be, even if you're someone that is just starting out, it's important that you take the concept of social seduction into account. So in business and leadership, a leader or a business person, entrepreneur, they might seduce their clients or team members with their charisma, with their vision, or having a persuasive argument so that they can sell a product, an idea, or direction, getting a team to change their minds, being able to say, actually, that idea that I put forward last week, let's scrap that and let's go with this one. There's an art in convincing people that is seduction, If you're selling a product, if you have an offering, if you're a consultant, if you're a coach, if you have a brick and mortar store where people walk in and they see you and they experience your energy, they see what you're wearing, they see how you hold yourself, they see the smile that you have or do not have on your face, they see either your irritability or your openness, they see how softly attentive you are without being overbearing All of those things play a role in social seduction, okay? They do. As long as you're interacting with one person or more than one person, you are in the game of social seduction and it can actually be a lot of fun. And you don't have to think about it as manipulation, blah, blah, blah. It's just you not just being on autopilot and just allowing for whatever happens to happen, okay? Another example that I can give you is in marketing and advertising. And I worked in marketing and advertising for a while. So brands will seduce their consumers by creating very appealing, engaging, and emotionally resonant advertising. Have you ever had adverts that make you cry or make you excited or make you feel something? They are emotive. Even if you're disgusted, they make you feel something. They seduce you into the script, right? And when you think of advertising with a bottle of wine, it's always a couple head back laughing, sitting on their patio. There's a sunset over their colors, a group of friends dancing, you know, that is seduction. If you see an advert for a festival, for an event, that is the game of seduction. You are being drawn in, you are being seduced artists of all kinds, musicians, public speakers, they, and I include myself in this, we seduce our audience with our performance and we draw them into that experience again. And it gives a strong emotional response, whether the audience likes you or doesn't like you. But in this case, we're focusing on people actually liking you, people being drawn to you, people being curious. That is the game of seduction. So if you're a public speaker, if you're a musician, an artist, whatever it is that you do, especially in the context of it being a social happening, you are in the game of social seduction. And I'm very excited for you, okay? 
social interactions and networking. You might seduce other people in the sense of captivating their interests and their attention, and you just make a memorable impression through your conversational skills. Say your partner is introducing you to their group of friends for the first time, you know, and you meet them, you're around a dinner table or you're at an event and everything just flows. You feel like you've known each other for a long time. They're telling you how much they love you. They are you have surpassed their expectations. They are so excited to spend the evening with you, to spend the afternoon with you because of your conversational skills, because of your sense of humor, because of how you dress, because of who you are. Whatever that thing is in those social interactions, you can see it. You know when you've made a memorable impression on someone because either they'll tell you or you'll just be able to feel that sort of energy while the interaction is still happening. And you do this, again, you can do it through your conversational skills, your wit or your personal charm. That thing that makes you unique, that is a part of being seductive. Education and teaching. I mean, teachers and educators, I would say they are the most incredible at social seduction and they do it in an environment that is very fucking tough. They do it in an environment that is, ooh, ooh. Let me sip my tea for that one. I have a big respect for teachers and educators because they have to work very hard at making sure that their subject matter is fascinating and that it's engaging. And (laughs) this will look very different depending on whether they're teaching five-year-olds or 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 17-year-olds, man. And you can feel when a teacher is fantastic at seducing a room, a room of 24 students, 30 students, 50 students, sometimes even a hundred students, right? And they spark that curiosity and that enthusiasm for the topic In all of these examples that I've just given you, seduction, I hope that you can see that it's more about being enchanting and it's about influence rather than anything physical or romantic. So the main three areas that I want to really put forward for you in this episode are interpersonal skills, persuasion techniques, and then charisma and confidence. And I don't want to overwhelm you too much. So I'm going to only just focus on those things. So let's start with interpersonal skills, right? So effective communication is paramount. And this is at the core of my work. Everything we talk about when I speak about being courageous, when I talk about brave expression, when I talk about pushing back on this culture that is very stifling, this culture that is very anti-curiosity, anti-intellectual, effective communication is key. So this involves verbal and nonverbal because it's not just about what you say, but it's how you say it. It's your tone of voice. It's your body language and it's your active listening. And this one's going to be very, very key. It's your active listening as well. All of those components when they come together 
and they come together in a very intentional way, in a very conscious way, you can make magic happen. You can make magic happen on a date. You can make magic happen sitting around a table with friends or doing an activity with friends. You can make magic happen speaking to your children, trying to negotiate with your children. You can make magic happen having business conversations, trying to secure a deal negotiating a new salary, whatever it might be, when those components come together, your tone of voice, your body language and active listening. Oh my goodness. I can see it. I can feel it. When it works, ah, empathy (laughs) is another one that I would want to bring to the table when we talk about interpersonal skills and the importance of interpersonal skills when we are thinking of how to seduce people socially. Empathy is key because understanding and sharing the feeling of others is, it's a very human thing. It's a very human thing and it's a skill. And it's important to remember that it's a skill. It doesn't just happen. It's a skill that you nurture and cultivate and pay attention to, right? It allows you to connect with people on a much, much deeper level and it makes them feel heard and valued, which is why that first point on active listening is huge because a lot of people, and I'm sure I've spoken about this in many different episodes. I'll link in the show notes. If I can have a think of some episodes that could be really supportive to this one. One that immediately comes to mind is, is it confidence or an inflated sense of self? I think I spoke quite a lot about communication in that one. Um, and I'll have a think of others that you can refer back to because yeah, I, I, I think there's a little sort of package of episodes that can really, really allow for you to do something great with the information that I'm putting forward. But active listening is key if you want to learn how to cultivate empathy, because a lot of us listen to respond. You've probably heard that phrasing before, but listening to respond is not useful. Yes, there's a level of listening to respond that naturally happens anyway, because when you're taking information in, your brain is going to work and you're sort of uh, working with this idea, filtering it through your own consciousness, things are popping up, but active listening is very much a practice and it allows you to connect better with the other person and someone else can feel when you're actively listening and you can express that you're actively listening through even a little subtle nod. And if you're someone like me, culturally, we, we love a good, mm. <laughs> you will notice that I do, I do that often. And it's a, it's a cultural thing to Zimbabweans. I would say the most Africans that I've met, we do that. If you're in conversation, they will verbally, vocally show you that they are listening, but there are also non-verbal ways to show someone that you're listening. It's also in your eyes. Again, it's in your body language. If your body is more lent towards them, just little signs like that, right? So empathy is very, very important. And then the last one for interpersonal skills is social cues recognition. This is a very, very, very big one. And I know that a lot of people listening to this might be neurodiverse, etc. So again, as with anything, you know yourself better than I do. You know what it is that you're struggling with or not struggling with. So take only what you need from this conversation. I'm speaking from this as someone that is, for the most part, neurotypical in most ways. 
and assuming that the majority of my listeners would be as well. So social cues recognition is very, very important. So being able to read and interpret body language, that's why just being curious about topics like body language, about persuasion, about whatever it might be, it means that when certain things are happening in social interactions, you can recognize them. Because even for people that are neurotypical, a lot of us don't think about the intricacies of body language and what it sort of means. We know it in intuitively, but we don't know it in terms of being able to be like, huh, I can, I just noticed what this person did and I'm seeing what it's doing to me. And I'm seeing that if I shift my body just slightly in this way, it puts forward the feeling of openness and sort of warmth and whatever it might be. So I, I think we need to start being a little bit more curious about this because social cue recognition is very important. And again, with technological advancement, and you mainly see this with younger people, it's getting even more difficult to recognize social cues, facial expressions, and to be able to navigate social dynamics effectively. So this one is huge because it helps you adjust your behavior and responses to actually suit the social context. A recent example that I will share with you from a lunch that I had not too long ago. So a friend of mine, we were meeting up, we just so happened to be in the same area and they were with a friend, they were on a date and they were like, hey, we'll we'll come and join you. I was like, oh my goodness, please stop by. I love a little spontaneous lunch date, let's do it. And they brought their friend and their friend was one of the most stunning women I have ever seen. She's, she was so beautiful, beautiful, dark skin and just... Ah, she was, she was delicious guys. And I remember feeling this immediate attraction to her, not just because of how she looked, that was a part of it, but because of how she was just carrying herself, her smile, the warmth in her face. She just had this open energy and we all sat down for lunch, ended up having tea, etc. And then as the lunch went on, this beautiful woman that my friend had brought I ended up realizing that she wasn't able to sort of read the context of the situation as in around the table that we were sitting at. She wasn't able to recognize that she was dominating most of the conversation, that there were four of us around a table and the other three, myself and the other two people at the table hadn't spoken much at all. Or when we would, we would always sort of turn the question back to each other just so we could, just so everyone could contribute to the conversation. But she was very dominating. Once she started speaking, she would be speaking for quite a while. And listen, I love people that can go on a tangent. I go on a tangent too. But I think at some point you have to be aware of how long you have been speaking. And then, you know, my friend try to <laughs> try to jump in to be like, so what do you think, Africa? What do you think to the other person at the table to kind of signal, hey, I, I'd love to know what other people are thinking as well. And, you know, um, but I could just notice that she was not aware of the fact that she was dominating the conversation. And it's amazing how, and I could understand, you know, that maybe she's neurodiverse, etc. I had I hadn't met her, so I don't know all of the details, you know, behind it, but it was just something that I observed. It was something that I saw. It was one of those situations where 
I saw that it could have been a very different lunch. And it was still wonderful, by the way. But it could have been a very different lunch if everyone had had a chance to speak equally. If everyone had had a chance to exchange in the same way. And I found it very interesting, if I'm to be completely honest with you, between you and I, how the level of attraction that I had towards her when I first met her in the first five to 10 minutes or even 15 minutes, um, it rapidly went down. So I, by the end of it, by the time we left each other, let's say two and a half hours later, I could still acknowledge that she was physically attractive and she was super sweet and wonderful. But that energy of dominance over conversation and wanting to sort of overcompensate and you know there there was something that was just out of alignment out of integrity it's amazing how that changed my level of attraction towards her so i say this to say or rather to loop back into something that i mentioned much earlier to say that it's not actually about you being objectively attractive to society's beauty standards or whatever it's about who you are being it's about the dance of communication what you say what what you do not say the energy that you are emitting so social cues recognition is very important and if you are someone that is neurodiverse seek people that have these conversations around it. I think it's so beautiful that we're in the age of information. It has pros and cons, but I think it's so wonderful that just a simple search on YouTube, you know, you can learn so much to really suit your brain and the way you do things, your default behavior, your personality. But I think social cue recognition is really important. Don't just pay attention to your own body language, your own facial expressions. Look around at the other people around you. Is someone giving you the expression that maybe they're a little bit uncomfortable? Is someone giving you the impression that maybe they are curious about who you are and you can just sort of see it in their eyes, in their smile. And it doesn't have to be romantic or sexual, but maybe it means that it within a group, that's the person you say, hey, we haven't spoken. What's your name? You know, it can be like a, come on, you know, you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, second one is persuasion techniques. So This one is really, really cool. This is where you maybe make a few notes or start to do your own research around it. But persuasion is the name of the game in human interactions, whether we realize it or not, whether we like it or not. And one of the first things that I'd love to put forward to you is something that is called the reciprocity principle. Okay. So as people, we tend to return a favor for the most part. So for instance, giving someone something, if you give them like valuable advice or a small gift, it can subconsciously encourage the other person to reciprocate. So you always want to make sure with all of this, of course, you're doing it in a way that is an integrity, in a way that is ethical, in a way that is natural, but also exciting and playful, right? But If you're, let's say with me, for example, I'm just a natural advice giver. So I don't give unsolicited advice. However, if someone asks me for my insight or in a conversation, I can see that someone is really sharing something with me. And without saying it, they're sort of kind of indicating that they would like some some sort of input. I will ask them, would you like me to give you advice on this or do you want feedback or not? Um, So I will actually ask instead of assuming but I, because it's just naturally in my nature and I don't feel like anything has been taken from me and I know how to use my discernment. I know how to do it in a way that isn't pushy or anything of the sort. 
it naturally means that when I need something or anyone can sense that I need something, people are so willing to help me. And because I'm a natural gifter as well, one thing that I will do is I will send my people some tea. Listen, I, I will share my tea. I'm always stocking up on my tea and I'm like, listen, give me your address. Let me send you some tea. But it's just little things that are natural to me. And they, they really don't have to be big things at all. But the reciprocity principle is a big one because people tend to return a favor. So just keep that one in mind when you think about social seduction. Just start to do things for other people and do it because you want to, but also do it because you know that there is that law of reciprocity. Okay, so next one that I will share with you in terms of persuasion techniques is authority. People respect authority. So when you demonstrate your expertise and knowledge in a field, it can increase your persuasive power. And listen, my entrepreneurs listening to this or those people that are artists and visionaries and mavericks, people that want to do great things in the world, or people just want to become more confident and better speakers, please keep this one in mind. When we think of authority, Again, we tend to go way too big. We zoom so far out. We think of people in the government. We think of world leaders, people that are celebrities, blah, blah, blah. What about your inner authority? What is the respect that you hold for yourself? The respect that you hold for your wisdom? The respect that you hold for your knowledge? The respect that you hold for your skill set? The respect that you hold for your talent? Stop playing that down in conversations where it's appropriate talk yourself up talk yourself into the rooms that you need to be in stop being so humble that you talk yourself out of the things that you need to be a part of the communities that you need to be a part of the job that you need to be in the career that you need to be in people respect authority Say what your title is, say what your skills are, say how long you've been working on this project and all of the different projects you've done. Own all of it. And also, especially women, own your intellect. Use those big words. Yes. (laughs) Use them. Use your vocabulary, use your language, use your voice, play with it, allow for your authority, especially that inner authority to stand straight, okay? This can really increase your persuasive power. It allows you to be a better communicator, a better negotiator. All of these things are really, really important. Consistency. People like to be consistent with things they've previously said or done, So if someone says, hey, I'll connect you to that person. Or if you say, I'm going to connect you to that person or I'll do that thing, follow up on those things. Be consistent, get those small commitments because they can lead to bigger ones. And again, if you tie it in with the reciprocity, when you do things for other people, they will want to also do things for you. So you don't have to be in that energy of scarcity. You really, really don't. You don't have to be in that energy of sort of hoarding your network, hoarding your contacts, hoarding your information, hoarding your wisdom, not wanting to put your work out in case other people steal it. No, you don't need any of that kind of energy. All right. And then last one that I will share on this one is social proof. 
people will do things that they see other people doing, okay? Sharing stories of other people who have benefited from your advice can be very influential. So this ties in with what I was saying before around authority. And again, this might apply to some people, not all, but I know that for you that this applies to you, it will land exactly where it needs to. Social proof is very, very fucking important. Share what you have done for other people. Share how you've helped other people. Share your achievements because that allows for you to establish your credibility. It allows for you to establish authority, not only in other people's eyes, but also in your eyes, because we're constantly in our own subjective experience. Sometimes we completely dismiss how rich our history is, how rich our experience actually is, because we don't get to really speak it out loud. So when you get the opportunity to do so, do so. Now, the last pillar that I want to share with you is charisma and confidence. First one is self-presentation. This is a big one. This is a big, big, big one. Okay. Self-presentation is very important. How you dress and groom and carry yourself, it absolutely affects how other people perceive you. I think we need to stop denying the reality of what is. The reality is that how you dress, how you groom, how you carry yourself, it absolutely affects how other people perceive you. You're impacted by this every single day. When you look around at people and you're like, ooh, or you feel an aversion or you feel drawn to them, you feel attraction, that is because of how they present themselves. So your self-presentation is very important. Who do you truly want to be? If you dressed in the way that you really wanted to dress, what would that be like? Whether we like it or not, I know some people are uncomfortable. I used to be uncomfortable hearing people talk about things like this because I just wanted the world to accept people as they are, accept people how they look. You know, why do we have to judge? And I say this as someone that I, for example, ever since I was young, I've always loved sheer clothing. I love, and I would say that my breasts, my my wonderful jugs, they're one of my favorite parts of my body. They're small, they fit just, just right in my hands, but I love how they look. I love how my nipples and my breasts look when I wear something that is kind of sheer. Even in a professional setting, if it's done right, it looks fantastic, okay? Because there are levels to sheer. But I have to accept that in certain environments and around certain people, they are just going to perceive me in a certain way. So I know there's an art to it. I know there's an art to what kind of environment. For example, if I'm going to like more of a lifestyle fashion event, I know that I can go even more sheer and it's absolutely fine. In fact, it's exactly what I need to do in that environment. But if I'm negotiating and I'm in a room around, in a boardroom, I'm just not going to wear that because I understand that how I dress affects how I'm treated and it affects how I'm perceived. So when you accept that, and it doesn't mean that you start dressing in a way that is boring or stale or whatever, that's not what we're talking about, but I want you to use your common sense here. A well put together appearance will absolutely boost your confidence and also other people's perception of you. Maybe you've outgrown how you currently dress, but your wardrobe is just not aligned with the self-expression that you feel internally. Maybe you've matured in a lot of ways and you want how you carry yourself and dress and groom to reflect that. Maybe you just haven't spent much time 
placing importance in grooming yourself, but it absolutely matters. It changes the types of people you attract romantically, platonically. Positive body language. So when you use open gestures and you maintain good posture, also very important, unless of course physically you're unable to do so, but it means that you amplify other things, okay? And we'll have that conversation um, at another time. If there are certain objective limitations that you have, there are other things that you can do. There are other areas that you can work on. Maybe you can focus more on your wit. Maybe you can focus more on eye contact. Maybe you can, there are so many things you can do because again, the name of the game here is to focus on what you can control, not on what you can't. So positive body language is very important when it comes to social seduction. Use open gestures, make eye contact. I know culturally some places you don't make eye contact, but hey, (laughs) for the most part, Making eye contact evokes confidence. It evokes openness, all right? It can feel a little bit uncomfortable. We don't want to stare, but start practicing making eye contact because it does project confidence and it makes others feel more comfortable around you. Voice modulation. So this is the tone. This is the pitch. It's the level of your voice, whether you're going higher or lower. And the pace of your voice All of this can greatly influence how your message is received, okay? Think about the way in which you experience how I speak. I have varied intonation, so I'm not monotonous when I'm speaking. That word always gets me. I'm not monotonous, (laughs) okay? Because if I was monotonous, that would mean that I'm not changing the tone of my voice. There's no variation in it. But when you hear me speak now, there is variation. Sometimes I'm going up, I'm going a little bit down, I'm changing the pacing a little bit. And I'm very clear when I articulate myself, which means that I'm more engaging. So a lot of this I know will change from culture to culture. But again, I'm mainly speaking from the place of someone that has English, British, American English as my main language. Yes, Shona is my first language. English is my second language, but most of the time I'm speaking English. So please understand that voice modulation is very important. It's not just about what you say. It's very much about how you say it. And once you master how you say it and realize that it's a constant game of changing and shifting, depending on who you're speaking to and depending on the context, you will get much better at seducing people socially. Now, next one is emotional intelligence. Be aware of and in control of your emotions. All right. Being able to handle interpersonal relationships empathetically and judiciously is very, very important. This ties into what I was saying before around social cues around empathy, around effective communication, but it's all part of charisma and confidence. Cultivating your emotional intelligence is key. It's key. Last one, last but not least, optimism and enthusiasm. Guys, listen, a positive attitude without overdoing it, okay, without overdoing it to the point of it being fake, A positive attitude is absolutely contagious. Enthusiasm energizes people. It energizes conversations and it makes 
interactions more dynamic. It makes them more memorable. It makes you more memorable, which is exactly what we want to do. I know that some of us find it easy to just sort of hide, to be invisible, to not be seen, but I know that is not deeply fulfilling. I know that is not as nourishing as you make yourself think it is. All of us as human beings want to be seen in one way or another. It doesn't mean that you have to be visible in a way that doesn't feel good for you. It doesn't mean any of that. But it absolutely, it absolutely does mean that we are intentional about who we are being in social interactions. It really, really does. And I just hope that in in everything that we've touched on, you see the importance of social seduction, even as a term that you keep in mind in all of your interactions to just be aware, bring even more awareness to who you are being. It doesn't mean that you overly analyze every single interaction or you become obsessive or you get into a state of analysis paralysis. It doesn't mean any of that, but it means you have fun with it. It means that you use and capitalize on your strengths. It means that you find ways to shift situations to your advantage in a way that still keeps you in integrity. Okay. It means that you cultivate relationships that are exciting, that are dynamic but yeah, I, I really want to know what you think. I really want to know what you think about this one. What is what is your experience with any of this? Send me your thoughts. I really want to know. You can send me an email at hello at africabrook.com. You can send me a DM. I don't get to every single thing, but I do listen and I do see it and I'm very grateful for it. Um, and if you're on Spotify as well, you can also just send me a little something in the Q&A so I can see your thoughts And of course, leave a review for this podcast. It means a great deal. You know that social proof that we spoke about? Well, yeah. Anyway, I better run. I've got a kettlebell class, (laughs) which I'm very excited about. Um, So I better run, but we will be continuing this conversation and I'll make sure that we do one on sexual seduction. Okay, I adore you and I'll see you soon.